Questions and Answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Mouas. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening and welcome back to Questions and Answers. Our uh, SMS lines are open for you to send through your questions. Uh, do note that the WhatsApp is going to get lost somewhere. Inshallah, we'll get the opportunity to get to it. But most effective SMSs or call into studio during office hours and chat to our producer, Yasmina Peterson. I'm Khawa Solomon and I'll be with you right up until Maghrib, inshallah. So please do send through your questions. In studio, of course, answering your uh, questions that you've uh, sent through is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim was. Assalamu alaikum Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to you Hawa and also to our honorable listeners. Jazakallah khair Sheikh once again for the time uh, afforded to our listeners in answering their questions. Inshallah I do also like to reiterate and uh, note to people that uh, it is imperative that you uh, discuss any important or um, rather urgent matters if uh, need be, whether it be with will, death or um, just general inquiries with uh, regards to your answers, please do um, approach your local imamat and attend the, uh, the classes that they have in your area as well, inshallah. But otherwise, call us during office hours, uh, 021-442-3500. You can chat to Zaydunisa or Yasmina Peterson and direct your necessary questions through to questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim. So, Sheikh, the first one reads, Assalamu alaikum to the panel, respected Sheikh. Last week, a family member was brutally murdered in his house. He was a man of his deen. We're trying to find contentment. Uh, can Sheikh please give some dua or inspiration for us to really get to understand, get through this? Can such a death be from the most merciful? Surely not. Jazakallah, the ayat in, the, in Surah Barakah 4, verse 228. Can a sheikh explain to me why Allah says men are a degree above women? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-mursaleen. Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. So uh, the question really has two parts. Uh, the first part is asking with regards to a brutal murder that had occurred within the family. And how does one deal with that, uh, especially in light of knowing that Allah Ta'ala is the most merciful? And how does one accept that? And uh, one, what can one do in order to bring contentment? Um, so obviously one of the names of Allah Ta'ala is Al-Hakim. And Al-Hakim means that Allah is the most wise. So whatever happens, it is always done with wisdom. Uh, we don't, however, always understand that wisdom straight away. Sometimes we may be unaware of exactly what the uh, uh, wisdom behind an act is, but we should firmly believe in our hearts that nothing happened in this world except that there is a reason for it. Because Allah Ta'ala did not create us without any reason. He does not, uh, things don't occur without any reason. But Allah always have a bigger plan. Uh, with regards to somebody that has been murdered, yes, we believe that this was, you know, the decree of Allah that the person would have left this world in this particular manner. And of course, uh, it does not justify the act of the murderer. And that is why there is a punishment for a murderer in Islam, for example, a very harsh punishment is meted out to such a person. But from the person who was murdered, from his side, especially mentioned here that he was a ibadat person, etc. Uh, obviously, it is our belief that uh, he was, you know, killed unjustly. And so he, you know, he's, he 
will be in a very high rank in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, Ibn Hajar al-Asqallani, one of the great scholars in Islam, he mentions uh, in, in his book Fathul Bari, which is a commentary on Sahih al-Bukhari, he mentions in here, Al-Maqtulu Dhulman Tukaffaru Anhu Dhunubuhu Bilqatil. That a person who was killed unjustly, his sins will all be removed and all his shortcomings will be overlooked by Allah Ta'ala because of the crime of murder against him. Uh, there's also a quotation that he cites from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, where he says, إِذَا جَاءَ الْقَتْلُ مَحَا كُلَّ شيء. That if uh, death comes in the form of, of killing or murder, then that will wipe out all the person's sins. Mm. So alhamdulillah, this should be some contentment to the family. If he was a good person, a person of ibadah, as you mentioned, and he was killed in this way, then rest assured that his position by Allah Ta'ala is a very great one. You know, uh, he, he can be compared to a martyr, for example, in terms of how Allah Ta'ala is uh, going to shower him with bounties in the year after, etc. Uh, and for the family, of course, yes, it, it can still be quite a difficult uh, one to overcome. But, uh, you know, we should uh, try to accept the fact that Allah is in control, Allah is in charge, Allah has a better plan for all of us. And, uh, and understanding that Allah is the most wise, you know, hopefully contentment will come from there. As for a dua that you can perhaps recite, we know we always recite, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. And that in itself is a sort of clarification of your belief, you know, it's a testification of your faith. Say, from Allah do we come and to Him is our return. All of us we shall return to Allah in one way or the other. And you can also add another dua that was uh, mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ. You can say, Allahumma ajurni fi musib. وَخْلُفْنِي خَيْرًا مِنْهَا اللَّهُمَّ أَجُرْنِي فِي مُصِيبَتِي وَخْلُفْنِي خَيْرًا مِنْهَا And the dua means, Oh Allah, grant me reward in this calamity that I am facing at the moment. Give me reward for my patience and substitute something better for me. Right? And the Prophet ﷺ said, A person who makes this dua, Allah Ta'ala will reward him dearly and Allah Ta'ala will definitely substitute him with something better. If it is something that he lost or someone that he lost, there will be a replacement and Allah will put that contentment in his heart. Inshallah, we hope that Allah Ta'ala will bring contentment to, to the family. It is a, a traumatic uh, experience, I, I suppose, but Allah knows best. We, we pray for the family, inshallah. And then with regards to the second part of the question, the questioner asks with regards to verse 228 of Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah Ta'ala mentions that men has a degree above women. And this is often misinterpreted or misconstrued as mm-hmm. to what exactly it means. Uh, people think it means automatically that men are better than women yeah. or men are on a higher rank than, than what women are. And this is completely uh, wrong. This is not the interpretation because we will see, in fact, that the verse starts out by saying, And for them, meaning for the women, they have um, the same kind of rights. Uh, just as the husbands have certain rights over them. Mm. So there is a balance here. Each party has rights and obligations. And then Allah mentions that men has a degree above women. What does it mean? It refers to actually the fact that the, 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 ma- the man's responsibility within the marriage is greater than the women's. Uh, we know he is the one that is supposed to provide for that family. He is the one that should give nafaqah. He is the one that gives the dowry. He is the one that sort of is the sultan of the house to make sure that the proper decisions is taken within that household. So because of that, he has been shouldered with a greater responsibility than what women had been shouldered with. 
not underplaying, of course, the role of women. Women, they have also a great role to play within the structure of the family. But because of the man having to obviously sacrifice quite a bit and having to go through quite a bit in order to make sure that the family uh, survives and is in a good footing, simply because of that, Allah Ta'ala says that he has a degree above women and we can interpret it by saying he has a degree ab- above women in terms of his duties that he has within the family. You oh, know, responsibilities. Uh, the responsibilities that Allah Ta'ala had given him. And in fact, there is uh, a quotation that I can give from Abdullah ibn Abbas, and this is found in the books of Tafsir. Abdullah ibn Abbas says, الدرجتو, The status that is referred to here is, إِشَارَةٌ إِلَى حَضِّ الرِّجَالِ عَلَى حُسْنِ الْعُشْرَةِ وَالتَّوَسُّعِ لِلنِّسَاءِ فِي الْمَالِ وَالْخُلُقِ He says, what it means, this degree that men are above women, it is actually an encouragement for males to live in a good way with his spouses. Because you've been given that authority, you know, to look after your family. So you should live in a good way and look at the well-being of your family. And also, you should obviously try to spend on them from your money and from your, what Allah has given you to make them comfortable. This is, of course, the responsibility that has been given to males within the particular structure of, of the family. Jazakallah, Sheikh, uh, for that information. And I hope that it helps. And we've also heard many stories where Sahabas, in fact, were brutally killed, even in their homes and when making salah, so inshallah, uh, may this individual be given a high place. I mean, so when we get back, inshallah, Sheikh will answer the next questions uh, received via SMS four seven nine one three, and um, that's the the SMS line you can send through more after the short break Q and A. Questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Mous. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. This is Questions and Answers. In studio, we have uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurs, and he answers the next questions. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. I'm ashamed to admit I'm living in Haram for over a year now. I ha- have n- nowhere else to go. She's nowhere else to go. The family can't help me. I reverted to Islam, but feel I'm making a mockery of it. I love this man, but every time I mention marriage, he makes excuses, blaming me. We know each other now for eight years. Sheikh, please help. Yes, uh, alhamdulillah, uh, the fact that you are uh, acknowledging that what you are doing is, is incorrect and, uh, you know, it's not proper, uh, I believe that is the first step, you know, in the right direction. Um, so obviously, you should repent to Allah, you should make tawbah, and of the conditions of tawbah is you must stop with the wrong that you are doing. Uh, and you must have obviously regret in your heart, etc. I think, uh, you know, the onus is really on your partner that you are living with, uh, you know, he is the born Muslim and you should be quite firm with him, you know, to say to him, look, I came into this deen wanting a better life, you know, wanting to live my life in a way that is pleasing to my creator. And uh, you should tell him that you are not prepared to live in haram the way that you are any longer. And him blaming you or not wanting to get married, making excuses, you should make it quite clear to him, you know, that uh, that's not on at all because he's supposed to be the one that is supposed to lead you or be an example for you. And it is very sad sometimes we find that uh, within a situation where there's a couple and one of them has reverted, we, we often find that the born Muslim, they don't play their role. You know, mm. in showing Islam to the other person and teaching that person and encouraging that person. So, uh, in this particular case, I would like to say to the sister, MashaAllah, you know, you've reverted to Islam and the fact that you are worried that you're not doing the right thing, Alhamdulillah, that shows to me that, they, you know, there's Iman in your heart and you want to do the right thing and uh, it, the onus is actually on the other person. 
you know, and you should convince him and you should be quite strong and, and firm with him. And don't worry about the fact that, you know, you don't have a place to stay and uh, don't think about those things. Allah will, will look after you, you know, if you, of course, uh, make the right decisions. Uh, remember the verse in the Quran in Surah Al-Talaq, which is chapter 65, verse number 2, well-known verse where Allah Ta'ala says, A person who lives in the consciousness of Allah, Allah will always create an exit for him from any problem that he has. And Allah Ta'ala will grant him sustenance from an avenue that he could not have imagined. So it is very important that you uh, kind of put your foot down, you know, with, with this person and say, we've been living like this for a long time now and I can't continue like this. And if you are not prepared to really uh, get married to me, uh, then rather we should uh, split, you know, we should separate because it's haram. We, c- we cannot live like this. And surely Allah Ta'ala will, is not happy with this kind of scenario. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of courage from your side. Uh, because always I think what happens also is the born Muslim always like sort of looks down on the revert as if the revert doesn't know anything mm. you know and, and I think maybe you should just get someone in as, as well maybe an imam that you know or a close friend that you know that is knowledgeable enough to actually speak to your partner and actually tell this person but, but this, this, this woman is correct you know you, you cannot live like this it's, uh, it's not acceptable in Islam just to ca- carry on like that and inshallah hopefully he will see sense and uh, we make dua that Allah keeps you firm on the deen inshallah and Allah keeps you steadfast in your path that you are seeking to, to, to gain his pleasure inshallah and uh, remember whatever you do as long as you do that which pleases Allah Allah Ta'ala will always be with you and he will always uh, you know, look after you and care for you uh, and we hope that will happen, inshallah ta'ala, sooner than later uh, for, for your circumstances that you find yourself in. I mean, all the best. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. I want to make a tahajjud salah, but I cannot remember long surahs uh, because I am old. Uh, can I recite shorter ones, shukran? Yes, absolutely. The, there's no condition that tahajjud must contain long surahs. There's no condition like that. Um, and if you want and you want it to stand a bit longer, you can even repeat the same surah more than once. It doesn't mean you, you must only recite the surah once. If you know, let's say, uh, surah Qul Wallahu Ahad, or you know, surah uh, Alam Nashrah Laka Sadarak, you can recite it more than once also in the same raka'ah. There is no objection against that. Uh, and another option for you is uh, if you wanted to recite from the Quran and you actually keep the Quran with you while you are reciting tahajjud, that is also something which is permissible. Mm. So you can actually keep the Quran. Nowadays you have your phone, for example, that may have the Quran on there. You can actually stand with your phone in your hand and actually recite from there. The only thing that you have to be careful of is that you don't make excessive movements in the salah, especially when you go down and put it down, put the Quran down and pick it up again and that make as minimal as as least movements as possible. Mm. Uh, So if that is fulfilled, that is another option for you. Let's say you wanted to recite longer surah but you don't memorize them you can actually recite them from the Quran uh, this, was, this will also be permissible if you don't want to do that as I said you can do the short surahs and you can even repeat the surah more than once in, in the same raka'ah that will all be acceptable inshallah Assalamu alaikum Sheikh now can Sheikh tell me if a woman is in a state of Junub is it necessary uh, to wash the entire head because I have very long hair Shukran now the, the two uh, major integrals of a fard ghusl is basically that you must have a niyyah there must be an intention before you start washing yourself and the niyyah is to remove all filth and to remove all impurities for the sake of Allah and for the sake of making uh, yourself uh, eligible to make salah and the second one is the water must reach your entire body uh, from uh, from head to toe as it was uh, as it were from head to toe uh, you must of course uh, make sure that the, the water reaches everywhere and that includes your hair 
it includes or you know even if you have long hair uh, you will have to there is a hadith where the prophet sallallahu alaihi says in the hadith is in the book of imam at-tirmidhi the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says uh, the prophet sallallahu says after uh, beneath every hair there is janaba there is impurity so wash your hair and purify your body you know purify your body and when you are washing uh, so obviously this is uh, something which is required as a ghusl there are some ahadith that would seem to indicate that if a woman has plaits in her hair that she doesn't really have to untie the plaits when she is taking a ghusl and this is Umm Salama, the beloved wife of Rasulullah She came to the Prophet and she said, uh, O Prophet of Allah, uh, my, my, my hair is obviously uh, in, in plaits. Uh, do I have to untie it to actually take a ghusl or can I actually take ghusl as it is without having to untie it? And the Prophet had answered her by saying, You can simply pour three pours of water over your hair. And the Prophet did not tell her to actually untie her plaits, which was in her hair. Now what the scholars say about this, uh, especially in the Shafi'i Madhab, uh, the scholars say uh, it's possible for a woman to not untie her plaits when taking a ghusl, if she can guarantee that the water is going to reach everywhere. But if she cannot guarantee that, then it is best obviously to untie. In fact, not best, it is, uh, it is compulsory that she unties her hair as well because the condition of ghusl is that it must reach everywhere uh, as far as uh, a fard ghusl is concerned. If it is a sunnah ghusl like for Jumu'ah or for Eid or anything like that, then inshallah the, it's not that serious. Uh, you can do as best as you can. But for a fard ghusl, you must make sure that every part of your body had in fact uh, been washed uh, thoroughly uh, in order to remove uh, impurities. Questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Mouas. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. This is Questions and Answers for those listening to us across the lands and over the seas. Uh, do note that we just had to take a break for, for Maghrib, inshallah. We are now back and uh, continue with your questions on 47913. Uh, please note uh, our SMS lines. That's our SMS line 47913. But if you want to connect with us over the lands and across the beautiful seas, uh, you're listening to us on vocfm.co.za. Please interact with our Facebook page called The Voice of the Cape and uh, make it attention for Q&A or Yasmina Peterson. Uh, locally and yeah, within South Africa, 021 is our fax line. Otherwise, you can call 021-442-3500 and speak to our receptionist, inshallah. So we have uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wiz. Sheikh also has his regular classes in the week, inshallah. So you can call uh, reception as well for more information. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Now, will I get punished for uh, refusing to sleep with my husband if he is not of sober mind and he is full of alcohol? Now, of course, uh, the uh, consumption of alcohol is uh, one of the major sins. It is haram, and a person who is indulging in that is, uh, you know, in a very bad state. And such a person should obviously refrain and stop 
in doing that and such a person should make tawbah to Allah Ta'ala. Uh, as far as uh, a woman is concerned, whether she can actually uh, prevent her husband from coming near to her when he is in a state of intoxication as explained in this question. I found an interesting comparison in a question that was asked to uh, one of the scholars of Islam. He's a Shafi'i scholar by the name of Ibn Hajar al-Haytami. And he was asked about a woman who finds that the husband, and it's an interesting one, she says that the husband is very filthy, you know, he's very dirty, uh, he doesn't wash and uh, etc. So is it possible that she could prevent him from coming near to, to her in that state? Uh, and would she be considered, in fact, rebellious if she, w- if she was to prevent a husband from coming near to her? And in fact, uh, Ibn Hajar al-Haytami, rather, he answered by saying, La takunu bidalik. She will not be considered, in fact, pre- uh, rebellious if she prevents him from coming near to her, if he is in a filthy state that makes it impossible for her to obviously have relations with him. And, and of course, uh, this can be compared to the state of intoxication from two two angles the first one is that uh, intoxications or hummer itself is considered najis it's considered impure right so it's as if that, that person is full of impurities so based on that you can make that comparison uh, according to this answer that was given by Ibn Hajr al-Haytami so it is allowed for this this wife for example to say to the husband look I'm not going to come near to you because you are full of of najis you know you must first clean yourself etc and the, from the another angle is obviously if he's intoxicated it means his mind is not completely uh, he's not in a state of consciousness 100% and of course that may uh, cause problems in terms of uh, you know how they interact with one another it could be in fact that he, he could become abusive he could even harm this woman who is in this particular state uh, while being in this state he could harm his wife so yes uh, I, I believe that the wife you know she's got the right to say look I'm not prepared to come close to you if you are in the state uh, because of the filth and because of the fact that you are not by your full uh, mind and you may actually cause harm to me and become abusive to me uh, and inshallah we hope that uh, you know people that are doing this they should realize the harm that they are causing to their partners and the harm that they are causing to their families and hopefully hopefully they will they will refrain you know from this because i know of situations where people are taking drugs for example and they would force themselves on their wives nonetheless and this is so wrong you know it is so wrong for a husband to be in that state of being high and yet wanting to enforce uh, uh, you know your will on top of your, your on your on your wife. You know against her will while she is in a sober mind, but you are not. You know that is so unfair. And I think uh, husbands should refrain from this uh, completely. Inshallah. Jazakallah, Sheikh, uh, for that uh, advice. And have another question. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Does a woman require a mahram to perform her deceased's mom? Yeah, of course, the general ruling is that a woman needs a mahram at all times when she travels beyond the distance of Qasr Salah, which is about 81 kilometers. She's in, in requirement of a mahram, with the exception of a woman who's performing her fart hajj, her own fart hajj. So if it's for the first time that she's traveling, then she is allowed, obviously, to travel without a mahram, but nonetheless in the company of other women that can serve as support and protection for her. So in this case, it is not her own fart hajj, but someone else's. So yes, uh, in ordinary circumstances like these, she will be requiring a mahram to accompany her on the holy journey of hajj, inshallah. So Sheikh, this question reads, I've been married for just over a year now, and I have a problem. My husband does not do anything to help me around the house. 
He said it will be 50-50, but he expects me to do everything for him. Kindly advise what I should do as I'm feeling really frustrated and miserable. Yeah, the first comment that I would like to make is that uh, obviously the first few years of marriage, uh, there's a lot of adaptation and adjustment needed. Uh, normally, you know, people find themselves during those first few years, they get to learn the habits and the, you know, um, character of one another and things only settle down after that. Um, so you're married for a year, so it's still early times and uh, you, you shouldn't uh, become despondent or frustrated yet, but take it as a learning curve. You know, there's, there's things that you are going to need to uh, adjust to, there's certain things that you need to uh, going to need to adapt in your life, etc., etc. Uh, and then, inshallah, hopefully, there will, there will come a common understanding between the two of you. Of course, uh, a marriage is a partnership between husband and wife. Okay, so it shouldn't uh, be seen as a one-sided thing where the one partner has to do everything and the other one doesn't do anything or doesn't contribute in any way. There should be a complete partnership. And here I would like to make a uh, distinction between two scenarios. One is if husband and wife both are working in the day, for example, it would not be correct of the husband to expect at, in the night that uh, you know the wife still does everything by herself. Because both of them are already out from 8 till 5. So she has, in addition to that, still got to do the housework, got to cook, for example, all of that by herself without getting any support or help from the husband. I feel that is unfair, that is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, they should share all responsibilities if both of them are working. If, on the other hand, the husband is the only one that works in the day and the wife actually is at home during the day, in that case, we can still say, look, it's uh, obviously it would make more sense for you to do most of the housework and to make sure that everything is in order because you've got the time to do so. You've, you are not occupied with other things. So in that case, there must be an understanding as far as that is concerned. Even so, it doesn't mean that the husband shouldn't at all still help his wife. He can still pitch in. He can still do. But I just feel in that case where the husband is working alone, eh, you know, it will be difficult to demand from him still to do a lot of housework and to do a lot of other things when he comes at home, uh, when he is tired of working etc you know uh, he, whilst the wife has the the ability to do so if she is actually at home so those are the two scenarios and i think uh, like i said you need to find a common understanding between the two of you and i remind you of a verse which i quoted earlier on in the in the show uh, verse two, 228 of surah al-baqarah where allah ta'ala says that your wives they have the same obligations and responsibilities and uh, rights over you the same way that you have over them and all of this is bil ma'roof all of this is with righteousness with goodness with kindness right so there must be an understanding between the husband and wife so inshallah i hope that you will have patience to work through this period um, and hopefully you and your husband will come to some kind of understanding and i think sit down with him and have an open chat with him you know and say to him look is there no way that we can sort of work together i, I don't expect you to do all the work i don't expect you to do all the kind of housework and to cook and all of that but at least i expect you to support me in one way or the other and i think with that kind of dialogue hopefully there will come a, a positive outcome uh, in, in, in that uh, circumstance, inshallah. Jazakallah. And when we get back, uh, more of your questions, and that will be our last segment. So please uh, do continue sending your SMSs. It is preferred on 47913. We'll make attention to Yasmina Peterson back in a moment. Questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Mouas.
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We now last a few minutes and we do apologize if you have sent through any questions. Please note if it has not been done yet, make it attention to our uh, producer Yasmina Peterson and uh, you can call her, you can send an email, fax, a WhatsApp <laughs> as well, but make it attention to her Q&A and inshallah we get it uh, through to our program and Sheikh will answer that question. Uh, it is a bit shortened versions of uh, Q&A for the next couple of weeks um, and over the past weeks because we have Maghrib right in the middle but inshallah we'll, we'll try and Sheikh will do his utmost uh, to answer your questions. So uh, Sheikh, well, uh, our question for this segment Assalamu alaikum. What does Islam say about maintenance Sheikh, particularly regarding a father that fails to provide for his children's basic needs including shelter, food, education and clothing? The father of the child is working whilst other relatives are left to care for his child and he has never made any effort to provide for his child. I'm sure the uh, answer to, to this question is quite clear and it's common knowledge to, to all of us that uh, the father obviously he has the responsibility of providing for all his children's needs. Um, there is no two people that will disagree on this. This is what Islam has instructed that uh, fathers, you know, they, they should play this particular role. So obviously failing to do so, they are putting themselves in a very bad position. Um, they are, uh, f you know, really neglecting their responsibilities which Allah Ta'ala has instructed them to do. And, uh, you know, there's a hadith which I've quoted many times before where the Prophet ﷺ had said, كَفَى بِالْمَرْءِ إِثْمًا أَنْ يَحْبِسَ عَمَّنْ يَمْلِكُ كُوتَهُ the Prophet ﷺ says in the hadith is in Sahih Muslim where the Nabi ﷺ says enough of a sin it is if a person uh, falls short of looking after those people who are under his care. You know, uh, enough of a sin it is. So uh, if there had to be no other wrongdoings that this person committed except the wrongdoing of not looking after his family, then this will be enough to be a destruction for him in the year after. So obviously it's uh, something that husbands must be at all times reminded about and they should know, you know, that uh, it's a duty that you can never give up. Uh, what happens often is there is a misunderstanding or there's a fighting or dispute between a husband and wife. And sometimes divorce comes and so on, so, so they don't see eye to eye. So what the husband does in retaliation is he turns his back on his entire family. Mm. Yeah, because he's got a, a dispute with his uh, ex-wife now, he refuses to even support the child now. Mm. And this is haram. You can't bring the child into the equation. The child is still your child. The child is innocent. The child is the victim. And you still need to shoulder that responsibility no matter what uh, comes uh, your way. Especially it is said here that you do work so there's no excuse. So uh, we, we make an urgent appeal that the husbands and fathers fulfill their duties towards their wives and children, inshallah. It's a God-given duty. And there's barakah in that. The more you do that, you will see Allah will place barakah in everything else that you do in your life, in your rizq, in your sustenance. So uh, inshallah, hopefully, uh, you know, this person will take heed of this particular advice. Amen, inshallah. Jazakumullah khairah to you and to our listeners for tuning in. Inshallah, until we meet in one week's time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah and shukran so much for listening to this edition of Questions and Answers. Until we meet again next week, Saturday, inshallah, all the best. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and a very good evening.